I feel the need. The need for speed. We are underway here on the Thodcast. The Thodcast conversations about animation. I'm Philip Elke, recording here in northern Minnesota, joined by two wonderful co-hosts. Once again, returning from last week, we got Bridget in Georgia and Alex. Hey, good to have you back, Alex. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys? I'm glad to be back. Mm, wonderful. Yeah, good. Awake? More so than last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm maybe a bit more chipper since then. And then uh, have a little more preparation done for this episode, I would say. Yeah, getting used to a new setup here. So that's also a nice adjustment. I think uh, you got. we heard the little clip there at the start. I was going to maybe get into some uh, speed uh, <laughs> related commentary on this episode considering the subject <laughs> have you guys seen top gun the latest one Mm-mm. Mm-mm. no i've seen the first one but i'm not okay. really a tom cruise top gun kind of gal <laughs> so i haven't seen it uh but i've heard it's good for people who like it yeah i mean it was a incredible like uh cultural moment last year when it came out um highest grossing film domestically um just what a crazy phenomenon um i don't know i it's a pretty straightforward film i often found myself getting distracted thinking about what my call sign would be while watching the movie what's uh, a call sign like maverick or iceman or goose yeah goose like what they the say over the over the the walkie talkie it's not the, the whatever it's called the radio yeah they'd be like hey eagle <laughs> and that's how they how you that's how you know that they're talking to you no the way you i mean you usually have one assigned to you as sort of uh a roast or a haze when when you're an initial recruit uh so they're, they're usually not all that flattering you know unless <laughs> you earn a, a better one as you progress <laughs> something like maverick i think somebody said like there's no way you'd be able to Get away with having a call sign like Maverick. It's like, what do you, who do you think you are? Freaking Warren Buffett with a you know high class, high roll, you know flattering call sign like that. You know, or uh, uh, what what's his name? John McCain, Senator John McCain, you know, war hero who was also called the the Maverick. So I would probably call him something like you know douche chill or uh, <laughs> uh, buzzkill, uh, snowflake. That'd be kind of a fun one. That's a good one. Uh, someone would just rhyme it with my name and I'd be midget or something like that. <laughs> you, are, you are short. I am short. <laughs> a very tall 5'3". That's good. Um, yeah, so, no, I, I just uh, wanted to bring up some nicknames because th- this movie is heavy on nicknames. This is Sonic the Hedgehog from, from the year 2020. Uh, one of the few films that was able to get in like a a healthy theatrical run that year um came on like february i want to say i mean it was uh enough time to to make a boatload that's unacceptable have my phone not on silent jeez uh <laughs> yeah so did it get in before everything shut down it was 2020 yeah january 25th 2020 so um a happy anniversary 
Sonic one wow. <laughs> in oh, the movie. How about that? <laughs> it's today. Yeah, we picked the perfect day. On IMDb, it says the U.S. release date was February 14th. January, that's an odd month to release a blockbuster. That's, that's usually when they yeah. get dumped. Uh, and February, <laughs> too, kind of a dead zone. Um, yeah. It was Paramount. January 25th at Paramount Theater. Yeah, Paramount Theater was January 25th, and then it was okay. Valentine's Day for the U.S. Oh, sure. And the 26th of June for Japan. Okay. Um, worldwide gross, 319.7. So it did pretty well, almost 150 domestic um so for considering it was you know the year of covid that's uh they they caught a break especially after doing all that post-production cleanup on the sonic mm-hmm. model and did that push back uh the release date them doing all the post-production fixes it's gonna be one of the first entries on the trivia page i imagine if the if it got pushed back i think maybe it was pushed back some that's maybe why they had to do a February release date. It was supposed to be released in November of 2019. Oh, okay. That's when it was announced that it would release. In, Febu- in February of 2018, they announced the film would be released November 2019. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so uh, I I saw this in theaters. You guys, I mean, I've never been much of a vintage gamer fan myself like anything before the 3d era i'm pretty agnostic um <laughs> but <laughs> i know it's it's a popular character a great but you know we've got the new super mario brothers movie coming up uh so i thought it'd be fun to revisit some video game adaptations yeah what do you guys think of what are y'all opinions on sonic overall I liked it more than I thought I would. Sean had already seen it before. Okay. And uh, he was about to watch the second one the other night. And I had come in the room and he was like, oh, like we can watch the first one if you want. And I said, okay, sure. And I did. And I thought it, I thought it was really, really funny. Like I was actually genuinely laughing throughout the whole movie. There's a lot of good, good jokes in there. And I thought the casting was really good. Yeah, that's like, I feel like Ben Schwartz. So I, his, my favorite role of his is John Ralphio in Parks and Rec because he's hilarious, even though he's not like a main, main character. And so I didn't even like put it together, but he does some of the same like voices that he did on Parks and Rec. And I was like, this was like a perfect casting. Like he, he nailed it like voice wise. And I mean, and I get like, I had all the Sonic games, like we had, we, my parents still have their Super Nintendo and it still works, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, I played Sonic, um, you know, the old Legend of Zelda games, all that, which Legend of Zelda is coming out soon, the new the new game. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, I love, like, old retro games. Like, we're going to, I think we might try to go see the Mario movie in theaters because both of the kids want to see it. And so we'll probably mm-hmm. go on a weekday morning. To save myself some some stress, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> take them to see that. But yeah, I just I thought it was really cute, and I got to watch most of the second one, and it was also really funny. So yeah, that's gonna be next for me. Be uh, well, we had the Detective Pikachu movie a few years ago too. It was a, a big success. There's a big Last of Us series on HBO right now, and that's based on a video game. So it's just becoming more and more of a regular renaissance. Last year we had Uncharted. Which is the same video game studio as The Last of Us. 
Um, so I, I will say, of, yeah. did you watch Uncharted? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I had a lot of brand loyalty to that developer, too. They they made, you know, some of the best games in the PlayStation family. And I was a, a PlayStation kid growing up. So, you know, Crash Same. Bandicoot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny because my husband is an Xbox guy and I was a PlayStation girl. I'm like, it's house divided. We need one of those like <laughs> signs that people have in the front yard. <laughs> you, you must have um, uh, played some Sega, though, right? If, if yeah. you played Sonic. Yeah. Is that those oh, yeah. original Sonic games were never on Nintendo consoles? They they are now, because yeah. Sega no longer makes consoles, so you can find Sega games on all different consoles, including Nintendo. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much it. Like as you know, things progressed. We got like the Nintendo sixty four, and you get the PlayStation. So I've had all. I had the home. I even had the Home Alone game. I go way back, um, but. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we, we watched uncharted and we watched the first episode of the mm. last of us and i did like the last of us uncharted i didn't it was funny they had good actors i think if it wasn't for the actors i wouldn't have been a big fan it, but... it's a you know more adult theme but it's yeah. identical basically in tone to this film Despite yeah. being more about like gritty human characters, ostensibly and, like, people trying to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. people are also trying to kill Sonic. I mean, yeah. <laughs> in a way. Um, yeah. yeah. Was- it's like the actors like make the movie, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, which yeah. did you guys know that Paul Rudd was originally rumored to play Tom and not James Marston? I could see that. Yeah. He must have gotten Ant-Man before then. That would have been a good one. (laughs) I think so. I think he could have pulled off Tom for sure. But I love James Marsden. The soft spot for him. He's great. Yeah. And like this uh, film, I'm sure it's been tossed around for a long time. Um, Sony Pictures acquired the rights in 2013. Development for a Sonic film began in you know in the 1990s. The the character I think debuted 1980. Well, I mean, in Japan, um, it would have been prior to anywhere else. I I don't know all my <laughs> Sonic trivia that I should. I I did read a book called Console Wars, that was about sort of the chronicling of the American branch of Sega Corporation, and uh, their I guess rivalry with Nintendo, which wasn't much of a rivalry at the start, uh, but due to some you know, brilliant marketing moves in the early 90s uh sega you know came into their own as a video game uh developer and console manufacturer um that you know got to be you know spoken in the same breath with you know the likes of nintendo which was really the only player you know big player at that during that era you know, of, of the early um, console generations, especially after like the big video game crash in the early 80s. And, you know, things like Atari kind of fell out of favor. Um, it was just too easy for publishers to make discount games and, and just shove them out into the marketplace to unsuspecting buyers. <laughs> so there's a time when when people were very skeptical towards video games in general in the mid 80s they were seen as kind of a fad well yeah especially because they went from like arcades being really popular and then they were like actually you could play this at your house and not go anywhere um 
So there was actually like a, I, there's a uh, show on Netflix. I want to say it's made by the same people that do the movies who made us. They do the game. They did a series that was the games that made us. Um, and they actually talked about that, how Sega and uh, Nintendo kind of went back and forth and how video games were kind of like fought against with like arcades and stuff because they didn't want people to do that. And then also, you know, appealing to girls. They realized that girls also wanted to play video games. Um, so it, it's a really, it's a fun show. If you guys don't want to read anything, there's also a show you can watch on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I've seen that. The games that made us. I want to like, say that was, I think it was called, actually, I could be wrong. It could be, I think it's called High Score or something. I'll have to oh. find it and I'll, I'll find it. I think it I watched you know. the movie one and I liked it a lot. I like stuff like that. Good. Yeah. And I, we went through a big um, documentary phase. I do that, you know, every six months. So, <laughs> but it was one that was games. I think it was High Score maybe. I think you're right. I That sounds that familiar. Have I seen uh, that? Yeah. I think it's, yeah. The, it's, yeah. Yeah, I think it's high score. It came out in 2020. It was a limited series. Oh, shit. Uh, and they kind of talk about, they talk about Pac-Man and Nintendo and, you know, the NES, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. They cover a bunch of different stuff. But there was one specifically about, like, Nintendo in them. Okay, I guess uh, I was way off with my dating of Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, he, I guess, didn't appear to the public until the 1990s. Uh, development began in 1990 on Sonic the Hedgehog, which was released on the Sega Genesis, also known as the uh, Sega Mega Drive in other regions. The, in yeah, 1991, June 23rd, um, and I'm trying to see if there's a difference between release in japan versus us (laughs) this is telling audio oh they i didn't realize that they yeah yeah i didn't realize that they made sonic to compete with nintendo's mario apparently so yeah a platform game so you know and the fact that it was a a a cartoonish mascot um sort of inspired by mickey mouse or felix the cat was influenced by games like Super Mario Brothers, <laughs> a very stylized, uh, anthropomorphic design designed by uh, Naota Oshima, uh, Gina <laughs> Ishiwatari, and Rico Kad- Rico Kadama, and there, there are lots of um, you know different versions of Sonic. I guess there there are two main sprites that have sort of evolved over the course of his history so he he went he underwent a design change in the 1990s that's more aligned with how he appears in the film he's got the green irises his proportions are just a little more i guess uh grown up compared to the like his original model was sort of like how he appears in like the child form in the flashback sequence at the beginning Mm -hmm. all that good stuff Anyway, um, I know that's when you said it wasn't on the Nintendo, at least not originally. I mean, I guess I probably didn't play it until I was like eight or nine. So I wonder like what console I played it on hmm. or if they had it on the Nintendo, maybe the Nintendo 64 or maybe the PlayStation because I played it as a kid. But I'm like, I don't yeah. know what I played it on now. 
Uh, yeah, maybe Xbox or PlayStation or, I don't know, you never had a Dreamcast, did you? That was kind of an obscure. I don't think yeah. so. No. <laughs> no, I remember we had... GameCube, maybe? I mean, we might have had... We had a GameCube. Yeah. And we had we had all the PlayStations when those came out. We had a Nintendo 64 and the Super Nintendo. I'm like, maybe we had a Sega and I just don't recall okay. it. But that's why no, I was like, yeah. I know I played it, but if it came out in 91... I was uh, barely alive. Yeah. So I didn't play it until I was like a bit older. So I'm like, mm, it had to have been on something that I played. Yeah. Sega had a lot of like compilation discs that they put out on various consoles. The Xbox, GameCube, PlayStation, I'm guessing all had compilation discs. But I don't think Sonic ever appeared prior to like the GameCube era. I think because Nintendo 64 would have been competing with yeah. the Sega um, Saturn at the time and then um, the uh, the Sega Dreamcast. And then the Dreamcast is the console that bankrupted the <laughs> company. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one that they shouldn't have done. Um, so I it must have been the GameCube because that's the first one I see that had Sonic that wasn't Sega. So it yeah. must have been the GameCube. Makes sense. I guess that, that checks out. That checks out. <laughs> Did you do much gaming, Alex? Yeah, we had um, we had a Nintendo sixty four, and then um, I did a lot of handheld gaming. I like my Game Boy Color, and then I got a Game Boy Advance, and then I got a DS, and mm. it's all about the DS, you know, for a while. And then I have a Switch now, but mm. Sean, Sean's got Xbox, PlayStation. He he's been on playing on the PC. Mostly recently, he he played a a Sonic game recently, but it was like an open world, like Sonic go fast open world type thing. I don't know. He was oh. <laughs> playing that for a, for a few weeks just recently. He said that one was really good. I think that is what made him want to watch the movie. I didn't know they had an open world game because he just finished the game. Here, let me. I I like to follow the gaming industry. I just so seldom play. That's hard for me to stay on top of things too much. But like I follow Scott the Waz on YouTube and he seems to be on the front lines of all the current happenings in the Nintendo and the Sega worlds. Yeah. Did you guys see uh, Universal Studios Hollywood open their Super Mario world? That's right. I think Sonic Frontiers is the game you're talking about. The open mm. world Sonic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That go. sounds right. Yeah, it's it's called Super Mario World. No, that can't. No, 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 no. Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo. Super World. Nintendo World. Yeah, is I it know. Permanent? Like, yeah, it's like a new edition, but it's only in the Hollywood one right now. That's oh. interesting. Uh, Which well, I, yeah, because we I go in March, and I was like, I, not to oh, the Hollywood fun. one, to the Florida one. Yeah, I'm oh. going for my friend's bachelorette. Yeah, not to not to that one. Um, and I was like, why didn't they put it the Florida one? They're probably like Florida one has Harry Potter world. So you guys don't get Super Mario. Oh, does the other one not have that? I don't know. I don't think so. I haven't been in years. It's in both. Oh, it's it? Uh, I've, I've never been to any Universal Park, but they, yeah, they have Hogwarts. They have um, Harry Potter world and both coasts. Um, Do they have both? Do they have uh, uh, Diagon Alley? Yeah, I mean, the one at in Hollywood is, is a lot smaller than the Florida one, understandably. I don't know where they got the space to put the Super Nintendo world. They must have taken out a bunch of stuff. 
they probably replaced like some of the older areas mm -hmm. because that's what they did with Harry Potter World in Florida. Because I went before Harry Potter World was there and it was like a medieval kingdom area. And then I've been three times since um, Harry Potter World opened. Um, okay. And yeah, they just basically they took over stuff, which I wouldn't be surprised if Universal Studios Florida like has a Super Nintendo area once they see how it does in Hollywood, because apparently they own a ton of land around there that's just like forest. They haven't done anything to it. So they have like Universal definitely in Florida has room to expand. I, I mean, are they not? constructing it currently uh i'd be surprised not that i've heard let's see uh hmm, work resumed in 2021 epic universe which will house florida's version of super nintendo world is currently scheduled open in the summer of 2025 hmm. yeah well i wonder if they're replacing anything because there is also at the florida one they had an area that was like old greek god okay. that i don't know what it used to be but none of those things are ever open anymore like they had show areas and stuff. So I wonder if they're going to replace those areas with the Super Nintendo World. Because they also just got the, they've been expanding the Jurassic World area too there. Yeah, here's what's happening in Orlando. They're getting a third park. Because uh, there are currently two big universal parks in Florida right now in Orlando. Mm -hmm. um, there's a third one coming called Epic Universe. Uh, it was originally mm -hmm. slated to open in 2023. So that's just going to be a whole third gate, including this, um, you know, Nintendo World is patterned after the parks that already exist in. There's one in Japan and then now one in Hollywood. I don't know if there are any others currently. I don't um, think so. It's a great concept, though, for like, I, I like the idea of being able to live in like a video game themed space. Yeah, it seems really neat. Like I'm looking at the some of the pictures of the Japan one. And then the one in Hollywood and like the rides look really cool. Like it's a it, it's an interesting concept for sure. They use a lot of augmented reality. Uh, I'm guessing Which Universal has a good bit of those okay. that they've been like replacing with newer stuff. Like they had a Spider-Man one and then a Simpsons one. Okay. Um, that were augmented reality. Um, but I think one of them got replaced with Transformers. Sure. Yeah. So. Fun stuff. Uh, I, I'm going to steal a, a joke that I thought was funny. It's on a podcast I follow, but this episode was behind the paid wall, paywall via Patreon. Uh, you know how Pedro Pascal is in these series where he's like a, a rough old dude protecting a small kid. Uh, so he should probably change his name to Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them to leave Pedro alone. <laughs> no, I've seen uh, memes when it's like, "Who's your favorite kid?" and it shows the the first the girl from the show, and it's like, "No, your favorite kid," and it shows the second girl from the show, and it's like, "No, your favorite kid," and then it shows Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, this uh, the Doughboys is the name of the podcast. I, I can't rip them off that badly and not credit, um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure I'm going to check out um, The Last of Us unless people say it's transcendent because it's just I, I'm i not a zombie. A lot of people are saying it's just a lot like The Walking Dead and that's not my that's cup of tea. That's what's been keeping me from it too because I'm not really into that kind of stuff but people keep saying it's good so I'm like maybe I'll try it but... Yeah, well that's... So I don't like zombie stuff 
It's not my vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't know if there's a second episode. I only watched the first one. That was the only one out when I watched it. Um, in the first one, like it kind of gives you like the breakdown, but it's not like super zombie. It's just like, hey, this is how they got to this like apocalyptic place that they live now. So I don't know if the rest of the series, I haven't played the game because again, zombie, it's not my vibe. Um, so my husband swears that it's not all just zombies. There's like more to it. And, you know, there's like all these, like, they're not, they're like tribes, basically these groups of people who are like fighting for resources and stuff. So he's not, yeah. I mean, I, I told him it does very much sound like walking dead though, but maybe less zombies. Cause it's supposed to be like 20 years later or something crazy. Yeah. I played the first game. Um, you know, it was fun. It was, it was just kind of slow though. I, I would have a different reaction to it now because I, I can appreciate some of the finer details of things more so than I did, you know, back when I originally played that game. Um, and it, but I mean, it, it's depressed. Like it really plums, you know, like the walking dead, it's plumbing the depths of human depravity and what people will do when faced with the most desperate situation imaginable. So it's like, I understand why that kind of thing is interesting. And especially, you know, when we've gone through things like COVID, you know, people you know, having feelings of helplessness, like it's just uh, a way to kind of uh, catharsize. That's probably not a word. Uh, those kind <laughs> it's of a word now. Purge you, make, those... you, you make up whatever you need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know. No, I will say the first like 25 minutes, which I was fine with them, like giving me the exposition, like showing me what happened and why it's like that. First 25 minutes, bleak. Because it's like zero to 100. It's like, this is how it happens. And then it cut to 20 years later. But Godfrey, because he's played the games, he was like, I did not need that really depressing 25 minutes. But I was like, but you have to realize that they're also trying to market towards people who don't play the game. Who haven't played the game. Yeah. And I'm like, had they not shown me like, what is causing this or how it got this way i would it's either that or they're just gonna have to like do exposition dumps throughout the show to tell me why it's like that like i think one of the movies that probably do the best with like not just dumping tons of exposition on you later on is probably the quiet place the movie the quiet place Mm -hmm. because it starts off like after this apocalyptic thing has happened and you just know that there's like monsters and then, like, you see, like, flashes here and there of, like, a paper that says, like, what are these alien things? And stuff like that. But it's never like, hey, this is how we got here. This is why it's like this. Which I like. Because I'm like, I don't know if I need to know. If something like that ever happened, like, I'm just, I would just take myself out. Like, I'm not yeah. dealing with it. Like, it's just, I would just die. <laughs> I'm, like, not, like, don't. I don't want to, I don't want to survive. Like, I don't want to go, I don't want to try. Like, that, every depiction of it it doesn't look fun it doesn't look like it's worth it like i wouldn't want to do that like i'm going out first like <laughs> no, no i yeah. i agree yeah I, yeah I probably would just stop eating and just you know pass away from oh, no. uh, i'm gonna go I'm find like gonna go volunteer myself to the zombies and you know no then you become a zombie be i wouldn't want to be a you zombie. gotta get taken out yeah yeah because they gotta like eat you first and that's not fun no, believe me, the quiet place when they have they had kids and those kids are so loud. And I was like, how are they not dead? Because kids are loud. Is that the one with with John Krasinski and Emily Blunt? Yeah, he 
directed. I, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's basically they like it's this ap- apocalyptic world where this alien came. So you I guess spoilers. Quiet. You have to like you can't talk. They yeah. have super hearing because they can't see. There's no eyes, but they can hear like crazy. And so they have like children. Like the opposite of bird box. Yeah, actually, I so I never saw Bird Box. Oh, Bird Box was good. There was so much hype around it that I was like, there was so much hype around it that I was like, you know, I don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> there's there's too much hype that I was like, nah, I don't want to see it. I'm good. Because uh, <laughs> I've I've actually heard because there's a book, and I actually heard that it's like different. The ending's different. I think Alex froze. Okay, no, I can see it. Am I back? Yes. No, back. yeah, you froze for a second. <laughs> you're good I, it freezes uh, on my end too it keeps saying my connection's unstable oh that's the only time it's done it on my end but yeah bird box it's, it's kind of like bird box except it's with the hearing but they have kids and the kids are loud and you're like you can't be loud because we'll die but kids are dumb and they don't listen like my kids would die immediately so do they die at the end i'm not telling you they made like a second one didn't they surely they didn't die wasn't there a quiet place too i didn't watch the second one you just have to watch it one day where can I know there is uh, I'll have to look it up I'm not sure um because there's yeah the quiet place too she has a baby she goes through labor in the first one having a baby while there's aliens in her house and I was like nope I would have died we would have died right there <laughs> whole family dead <laughs> it's a really weird con- I I could barely pay attention while watching that movie the first quiet place because like these super advanced aliens or whatever that like what how do they get to? Earth? They look like dim. They look like the demogorgons, kind of. Why? Yeah. How do they function if they can't see or uh, what do they smell? They've got really good hearing. How does that? <laughs> are these just like drones that are in the service of like a higher alien race that you know are are just limited in their capacity? You know because they're designed that way. You know the. Their master race is just using them as a tool to wipe out humanity. I don't know. It just doesn't. They didn't give us any yeah. exposition. I don't know. It's like, I want <laughs> I a little more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked it, though, because I'm like, I you know. Maybe I don't need to know everything. <laughs> I don't want to know. I didn't watch the second one. So I don't like jumpy stuff. Things that make me jump. I'm like, it's not scary. It just makes me anxious. <laughs> Mm-hmm. suspenseful i like stuff like that see i don't i don't do scary movies well no, i like suspense i like suspense but i i like sus- oh I yeah yeah mine's mainly just like yeah i don't like like jump scares i'm like this is so cheap yeah entertain I've... me it like make me anxious in a way that is good mm-hmm. <laughs> like make me feel like ew creeped out but like jumping meh yeah, I I don't know if I gave it a second look and I would find just the overall story beats uh, effective. To me, it was just like, uh-huh, these, these people, if these uh, aliens that can hear things, you know, are as effective as they are at, at doing so, um, doesn't seem like <laughs> they'd have gotten as far as they have. You know, they're playing monopoly with pieces of fabric. Like if it if it's at that level of precaution, then then you're just barely you, you probably can't even get a it's like aren't you gonna, you know, at at night, you know, produce farts that are louder than a moving a piece on a game board or something? You know, it's just like uh silliness like that. Yeah, and uh, that's one of the, like you don't think about it. It's like, oh, what if you like scream in your sleep? Yeah. Well, I guess you're dead. 
<laughs> and you would too, because you've gone through that trauma of humanity being uh, wiped out. So at that point, you don't even sleep. You, you're yeah. just like in that you're in that uh, that stage where you're like kind of awake and kind of asleep. You just never get a good sleep anymore. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> uh, excellent derailment, you know, <laughs> of my going into, you know, nocturnal emissions uh, <laughs> to, to get back on track. You know, I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog, it's it's an enjoyable film. It's a silly film. It's a very it's very, broad, you know, like that Uncharted movie, just just broad and comical and just it's sort of uh, parts of it seem like they're supposed to be taken seriously, but overall, it's it's pretty you know lighthearted. I don't know they they reference speed and and the movie The Naked Gun in the film, and I feel like that general dude like he comes straight from the Naked Gun films. He's basically Leslie Nielsen, you know, as Frank Drevin, who's playing this you know general who's like uh, you know remember you know Kazanganistan or whatever. That's that's not a real country, exactly. You haven't heard of it. <laughs> and then, yeah, the joke with like the fifty dollars Olive Garden card, <laughs> an effective piece of uh, product placement in this film that that could have had probably a lot more. But um, uh, thankfully, they you know, like the donut, the donut lord uh, is not constantly flaunting, you know, bags of Dunkin' Donuts everywhere. So that's kind of nice. I say no, don't. Well, don't worry. Olive Garden, they got in Sonic Two too. So oh. <laughs> it, it it slipped in there. He's like, I thought you were gonna take us to Olive Garden. He was like, I was going to. <laughs> I can't remember that. I uh, I know I said it was Sony that acquired the rights in 2013. This is a Paramount film. Okay, Paramount acquired it in 2017. Um, I thought of that because I recently watched an episode of Cobra Kai, which is a Sony production where they go to Olive Garden. <laughs> and that was kind of a funny <laughs> bit. Uh, I was gonna say, what are they, what is it with Olive Garden? They're like, we're going to stay relevant. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I enjoy a, an Olive Garden from time to time. Oh, yeah. Uh, unlimited salad and breadsticks. They, they still do that, right? Mm -hmm. I think so. In this economy, are they doing that still? <laughs> When do they start charging for it? It'll be a sad day. Now, I will say outside of obviously Ben Schwartz and James Marsden, uh, Jim Carrey. I love Jim Carrey. I think he's great. Like Robotnik. I was like, the role was good for him too. Yeah. Because he hasn't been like in in something in a while before that, I don't think. Yeah, not like this. This is classic Jim Carrey, which yeah has been rare, you know, since the early 2000s, I feel. Yeah, he kind of like went through a moment where he kind of removed himself from acting in that way. Um, but he's such a good, like, comedic actor. He's a great comedian. And so, yeah, I saw him in it, and I was like, okay. I was like, we haven't seen Jim Carrey in something in a hot minute. And then, yeah, I was like, okay, Robotnik, that was perfect for him. Mm -hmm. And not surprising, because, like, his acting method is is just so intense and so high energy. I, I imagine it, it's got to be exhausting for him so just taking a break from that to like recharge after all those years you know being the highest paid actor you know at various points in his career just like he he's done it all he he doesn't owe the world anymore <laughs> but uh thank thankfully he was willing to come back for 
for another go. Yeah, the movie he did, he had like two like more serious movies before that in 2016. Um, but the one like the most recent one before that was 2014. He was in uh, Dumb and Dumber 2. Oh, yeah. And then did he had see. like, yeah, he was like a he popped up in Anchorman 2 and like nothing too crazy before that. Um, but in terms of like how I guess I, he doesn't do method, he doesn't do method acting. But he gets like really into his characters. And apparently, like, I know the Grinch. He apparently like I watched an interview recently and he was like, Oh yeah. He was like, doing the Grinch almost killed me. Cause he was like, he said it was so intense, like the contacts burned, like the costume yeah. hurt. He was like, I was not having a good time. He was like, but I was like, I have to do this. They're gonna love it. I have to do it. Put my all into it, even if it kills me. <laughs> so I'm like, I appreciate you, Jim Carrey, because that's my favorite Grinch movie. So he did method acting once, at least, I know, mm -hmm. uh, as Andy Kaufman. But I, yeah, it's not a regular thing that he does. I, of course, being the Grinch, he had to learn how to withstand, like, CIA-level interrogation <laughs> tactics uh, <laughs> to be able to put up with the makeup process. Uh, so that was interesting. Yeah, it was like eight hours yeah. just to get everything on, and then you have to sit in it all day. And he said that... Um, like, cause he, I guess he smoked cigarettes at the time and they'd be like, don't smoke in costume. And he was like, I have to be in this. It takes so long to get in it and so long to get out. I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah. And so he was like, yeah, I would just go and sneak off and try to do it. Um, but man on the moon, that's the one that he did do method acting for. And I, I've seen interviews and they were like, yeah, he was crazy when he was filming that one. <laughs> he was wild. Yeah. I, I think one of the producers on how the Grinch stole Christmas was kind of just like you do your thing uh well he he was the one uh brian grazer uh the producer who uh recommended like this uh cia agent you know this um basically um the coach uh, who worked for the cia this uh psychological techniques coach uh to, to uh guide jim carrey on on how to handle that the makeup and and also was the one who approved um, the smoking while in costume. Yeah. It was like, whatever it takes to get through this, we'll, uh, we'll accommodate. Um, but interesting because, you know, Ron Howard was the director. Brian Grazer is his longtime producer. Um, and they're, they're just such chill dudes. Like they're known for being very friendly with actors. Ron Howard, he's kind of like one of the more down to earth guys, uh, reputable director um but <laughs> for for something like that to uh occur on one of his films was you know maybe that was just the right ingredient to to get that movie made for to have someone who's a bit of a calming presence oh yeah i don't well, think jim, yeah yeah you have jim carrey and then you have someone who's chill like you yeah. you have to have a, a balance which i did so i for a long time i didn't know that ron howard directed that um and bryce dallas howard is like an extra in it you see her like once or twice in a crowd because hmm. it took me a very long time to realize those two were related for oh, some yeah. reason it makes sense they have the same last name but just never clicked yeah. <laughs> until both, like two years ago both are directors uh, as well or uh, you know bryce dallas howard's done some directing now as well so pretty impressive didn't she do an episode of black mirror yeah, and uh, Mandalorian. Mm, yeah, gets back to Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Come right back to him. Uh, yes. <laughs>
Yeah, what what do we want to say? You know, this is an inciting incident here uh, where basically Sonic's lonely, so he causes a uh, power surge while running the bases. Um, he's got kind of a mysterious set of powers. It's a little sort of, uh, I don't know, inconsistent. <laughs> how, uh, how fast can he go? Well, he can pretty much go any speed, it seems. Um, he's like that, you know... Um, Quicksilver in X Men, you know, do they do a couple of those slow motion sequences? Uh, the special photography where all the actors are frozen in place and the camera is able to swoop around, and, you know, and get full three D perspective. You know, they did similar things for um, like the movie Deadpool, uh, which had some of the same visual effects uh, masterminds as this film. Tim Miller from Blur Studios. He's the, I think, the president of Blur Studios. He's one of the executive producers on this film. Jeff Fowler, the director, also comes from Blur, I believe. Uh, and they've done a lot of like video game cinematics. Um, Love, Death, and Robots is another series that's uh, on Netflix. I need to check out, uh, but Jeff Fowler worked on that. Oh, you should watch it. It's yeah. good. I want to watch that one too. I mean, every episode's different and made by different people, even though in some of the series you have like some repeat people come back. Cause I think there's three seasons, but it's really good. So does it relate to do the episodes like relate to each other or is this like everything? So it's all different. Oh, okay. Everything's all different. Oh, I, I like stuff like that. I like yeah. stuff like that. I want to watch that new Netflix thing where you can watch it in any order. I don't know oh, well, I know what you're talking about. Is it White that? Lotus? It's called Kaleidoscope no. or something. Yes. And don't watch. I don't watch White. That's the last one you watch. Okay. I think I did see like somebody <laughs> say like this is like the best order to watch them in, but and no matter what, like White is supposed to be the last one. I haven't started it yet because it really seems like it's going to be a commitment, and I just don't. Oh, um, she froze again. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, I think some of those anthology episodes from uh, Love, Death, and Robots uh, have had sequels at least in development. Mm -hmm. Okay, or or maybe yeah. they have already had that have aired. Um, yeah, like the first series, none of the episodes are the this by the same person mm. but then there i think there's three seasons so mm. in the second one like there's one that's really popular that's like these robots on a world where there's no humans and they're just okay. walking around looking at stuff um they had another episode in the second season made by the same people okay interesting yeah so it, it's interesting and everything's animated though because mm. i watched the most recent series and some of it is like so lifelike that you don't even realize that it's not mm. That it's not like mm -hmm. they weren't they just it's all animated and i'm like really because it's pretty crazy i think alex drops mm -hmm. yeah she's i i'm gonna hopefully just have her try the link again because yeah but she was talking about the show kaleidoscope i only know about in what order to watch it because i heard it on the like you know in the morning they do talk radio mm -hmm. um they were saying, I guess that someone had told them to watch it, but they didn't tell them not to watch white. So they started with white and they were like, I am very confused and I've missed something. So if anyone wants to watch it, watch white last. Okay. <laughs> white is the I... last episode you watch. Watch all the other ones first. 
Yeah, have to but check no particular order. Yeah, it's like no particular order is needed. Yeah, I, I was watching Cobra Kai, so that's one thing that's managed to hook me enough to <laughs> to get me through full. And they're shorter episodes too, which is kind of nice. Um, what else? How long oh. are they? Uh about a half an hour. Okay, so not bad. Yeah, no, it's great. I've only seen the original Karate Kid. But the Cobra Kai show is, is hilarious. It's, it's kind of addictive. Um, very. I, was say, yeah. I think they had a second Karate Kid movie. I know I watched the first movie. I don't know if I watched the second. I feel like there was a second one. And then obviously they had the yeah. Jaden Smith one <laughs> unrelated to Cobra yeah, Kai. There's a lot. There's um, I think Ralph Macchio was in four uh of the movies i i think there's one through three and i think there's a fourth one uh, i i don't think he's necessarily in that but miyagi is um it was Mm -hmm. maybe hillary swank who was like a female karate kid and then they took a break and then yeah it was uh um jaden smith yeah did the the reboot uh but then now this is uh you know, a series that is now in its uh, fifth season. I think the sixth season is on its way. So it's done really well. And I meant to watch it. My dad loves it. And so he's always like, watch it, watch it. And I'm like, I'm going to. And then I forget. Mm-hmm. And I don't watch it. <laughs> I'll get there one day. So, yeah, a lot of I'm interested, like prescient film, Sonic the Hedgehog and, you know, Robotnik's use of artificial intelligence. Uh, you can't, you know, look any direction nowadays without, you know, coming across some kind of artificial intelligence commentary. Chat GPT, I guess, is the big new thing, too. I've, I've never used it. <laughs> what is that? Oh, ch- chat GPT. It's just a text generation AI, you know, like we have image generation, which, uh-huh. you know, is, you know, pretty, has gotten very uh, prevalent, but, but chat, mm-hmm. but uh, text, I mean, it's easier to generate uh, sentences and words, you know, than, than full on realistic images. Is that, is the chat thing, is that like when people like make, make the AI watch like a thousand episodes at SVU and then write write a script because i've seen those like on social media and they're usually really funny <laughs> they're usually yeah. hilarious yeah it's pretty much that type of thing yeah i i don't know um i imagine I, there was a thing speaking of naked gun like the, there was this corridor of digital youtube video about the rise of ai and some of the legal implications of it um you know artists claiming uh, copyright against some of these AI companies. And, uh, you know, he was demonstrating the difference between, you know, transformative or um, derivative works. And, you know, something like The Naked Gun, you know, one of the promotional posters uh, was Leslie Nielsen uh, doing like a parody of the front cover you know, spread of, uh, you know, naked Demi Moore, who's, and she's pregnant, you know, on the cover of the magazine. But it's, it's, it's you know, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen's head just superimposed on top of it. Um, so that, you know, an example of parody compared to, you know, how a lot of AI artwork is blatantly kind of 
borrowing from a lot of famous um people like we mentioned even in um the tron episode we did sid mead um jean mobius jean giraud also aka mobius artists like that who you know were very innovative in their contributions so yeah it's it's like are are we just diminishing the contributions of these great artists um you know by just increasing exponentially the prevalence of similar looking artwork because there are AI programs who are able to spit out things that look so similar, you know, instantaneously. Um, you know, it's a totally different conversation because the AI doesn't necessarily have a, an intention behind it that an artist does. So I think, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and I've seen, uh, I'm in a couple of art groups and I'm also in, um, some like comic-con type groups on social media and so you see a lot of it they're like oh yeah it's not the ai specifically but the person who the developers who make the ai to do those things and pull from you know the internet and wherever databases that they're pulling from so they kind of like place it back on the developers who's like giving the commands to do that stuff so it's like well yeah you can't be mad at ai it's just a program but you can be mad at the people who made it but a lot of um a lot of cons at least in the my local area and surrounding like Atlanta and stuff, they're actually making it where you cannot sell AI art on the artist floors. Cause they're like, it's not fair that all these people, you know, like hand draw or digitally draw all their stuff. And then someone just puts in some prompts and prints it out and brings it. So they won't let you bring digital stuff made by AIs anymore yeah. to at least the cons in the area. Yeah. I don't think, uh, yeah, I, I think there should be a lot of strong, kind of sanctioning against that type of thing. Um, I don't think these tech companies should necessarily be liable for copyright infringement because it's like, you know, it's the easiest thing in the world for these companies to program uh, their applications to scrub the internet for images uh, because we can all look at, you know, great pieces of art online for free and and that's just all these programs are doing and they're learning from them and then they're putting them in a database and then drawing upon these styles and these pieces to to totally you know recreate entirely you know to generate uh new works essentially but it's it's a you know it's not you know <laughs> you can't credit anyone in particular for these pieces of art because they're designed to be legally distinct, distinct enough from any other piece of artwork. I'm sure there are like filters uh, that these art pieces go through in order to ensure that they're not too similar to something that already exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't spit out the Mona Lisa. We don't want it. <laughs> no. So, yeah, yeah. But if anything, you'll always know it's made by AI if it has hands in the picture. Yeah. I never the hands never look like hands. It's like the AI does not understand what hands are. Yeah. But you know, hands are really hard to draw. So I, I guess I can I can feel it on that. <laughs> you know, it's no fun being fooled. So yeah, I, I don't mind AR AI art as long as I know <laughs> that I'm looking at AI art. Um, yeah, and some of it's like really convincing because mm -hmm. Lady Gaga is going to be Harley Quinn in the sequel to the Joker movie mm -hmm. that had Joaquin Phoenix in it. And they're 
were pictures that people shared online that it looked, it was like, oh, Lady Gaga is uh, Harley Quinn. And I was like, oh, like she looked great. I was like, gosh, these are like, <laughs> they look like real pictures. But then I saw that her hands were wonky. And I was like, wait a second. And they were AI Lady Gaga, Harley Quinn pictures. And I was like, dang, they almost got me. They almost got me if she didn't have those wonky hands. <laughs> she had like three fingers yeah. on one hand. And I was like, that's not right. You do not have Barbie hands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the internet clickbait industry. They'll pull whatever kind of stunt that they can to try to get your attention. And I mean, and that includes using shady tactics like AI generated art to make it seem like, oh, the, look, uh, these a uh, actors in costume or, you know, who's being photographed with who. Um, and it's just it's not just Photoshop anymore. Now they're just using AI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a total Pandora's box. And I guess the best hope we have is that people just become so conditioned to it that it's that they're less likely to fall prey to clickbait. <laughs> it's like... Okay, you're trying you would hope, to, but you yeah. would hope, but the scam industry <laughs> is wild. So I don't know. I don't know if everyone will. I don't know if everyone will get it used to it. <laughs> my my scam radar, my spidey sense is going off. Yeah, with the with this clickbait. So that means I'm less likely to click it as a result. And uh, that obviously that works for some people, but the masses, I don't know. It, it, I guess probably it'll never go away. But you oh, just yeah. gotta, yeah. That's why you gotta stick to reputable outlets, and it's like you know some crazy website that you've never seen before in your YouTube or your Google recommendations, and you just gotta filter that out, I suppose. It's some targeted ad on Facebook. Just know no. it's not real. <laughs> There's so many times that like my nana's like, "Oh, did you read this?" And I'm like did you go to any other website to see if that was real? Mm. And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, I'm going I'm to do a quick Google search then. <laughs> that If I don't, I'm like, mm, that doesn't seem right. Like when, when they said Henry Cavill wasn't going to be in The Witcher anymore, I was like, I don't believe yeah. it. And then of course I, I had to believe it. So, <laughs> so sometimes it's not a scam guys. Yeah. Sometimes it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see those, you know, creepy ads on, news sites it's not like they're necessarily disreputable news sites but just low budget you know they so that kinds of ads that show up on them haven't been vetted and it's just a lot of like body horror medical stuff you know you know those <laughs> you know they're advertising yeah. some kind of uh, anti dandruff thing or you know anti-aging and it's just these horrific pictures <laughs> that scar you for life uh, oh, it's yeah. like yeah th that that's kind of what's happening now with ai it's, it's just like you never know what kinds of you know, eldritch uh creations <laughs> you'll come across you're like is that cthulhu cthulhu yeah. is harley quinn weird <laughs> <laughs> no and it's so wild though because it's kind of like the same thing and like i would say in like mom groups and like the beauty industry they're like oh use this face mask and it will pull everything out of your pores. And I'm like, that's not real. I'm like, that, that is not real. <laughs> and, and then they yeah. buy it and they're like, Hey guys, it didn't work. And I'm like, yeah, I could have told you that. <laughs> and it's so prevalent because everyone's trying to be an influencer. Everyone wants to be their own cottage industry and trying to sell things and, you know, make a living for themselves. I mean, it's just so, uh, so blatant. Uh, you know, so nakedly um, avaricious sometimes. But I mean, whatever people people have to make a living somehow. 
Um, and if, and so many people are like, oh, I want to be an influencer. I don't, I want to work from home, not have to get a real job or whatever. Um, no, but... and it, I know people who like have some kind of following on social media yeah. and they like, sometimes they push stuff like the skinny teas. And I'm like, <laughs> don't do that. I'm like, you don't drink that. Don't lie to us. You're just promoting to get paid. Like, I mean, I get, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I respect the hustle, but don't don't lie <laughs> don't, don't lie to me <laughs> yeah so like you know people say late stage capitalism and, and you've been very cri- critical of capitalism in general on this show which yeah. is yeah <laughs> under, you know we can see why just you take a look around it's like people are doing a lot of silly stuff just because they think they have to for commercial gain and maybe if we weren't all so desperate <laughs> for material things uh you know we could all just take a collective chill pill and, and just you know quiet down a bit yeah man i didn't i didn't ask to be an adult i just want to be like a duck chilling in a pond eating bread okay i didn't yeah. ask for this <laughs> well we'll always need salespeople. we'll always need goods and services but you know th- there has to be a balance too you know we we don't necessarily need to rely on our acumen as a salesperson in order to think that we have a chance of survival on this planet earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like my, my own horror, like I, I'm a very insecure person. So like the idea of looking for a job when I was younger, it just always horrified me. And it's, you know, you have to go out there and sell yourself to a potential employer and it's just nothing, you know, nothing felt less appealing, frankly, in many ways. Yeah, well, that's like when I because my degree is in communication because your girl likes to talk and I am an extrovert. And so that does well in that industry. Mm -hmm. But then at like career fairs and things because I would go to them when I was in college and it was like, they're like, oh, yes, you can come work for us. It's not sales. And then you get the (laughs) description and it's sales. I'm like, I'm not doing I don't want to do sales. I love talking. I love hanging out, but I don't want to feel like I'm like tricking people into buying stuff (laughs) or like i'm like hassling people on facebook like hey girl Mm -hmm. you want to join my thing be in my pyramid (laughs) like i was like that's not my vibe i don't want to do that i don't want to have to like hustle for my money i just want to work my hours and then go home Mm -hmm. and be done and get paid for it but yeah Yeah. because there's a couple things that they're like oh it's marketing Mm-hmm. And they send me the description and it was sales. They're like, you make commission. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. It's not my vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm not saying people should feel entitled to not ever have to interact with other humans and, and try to be, um, you know, presentable in a, a workplace situation or a, a job interview. But the I think the just gut wrenching, sometimes terror that I felt related to that whole process, I think stemmed from the sense that like my inherent value as a person was tied to this ability somehow. And and that's that's toxic. You know, that's oh the I think that's something that comes from society. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like the whole and I'm going to say it, the whole interview process scam. It's all a scam. <laughs> Because you're just you're just yeah. lying. <laughs> you're like, please hire me. These are the things that I have. You want them. You want me to be here. You want to give me money to be here. And because we I did I had a whole course just on interviewing and making a LinkedIn and doing a sales pitch at interviews or at networking events. And I was like, this 
sucks. I'm like, I don't want to do this. It's fine to like talk to people and like go to interviews where it's chill, but it's like, oh yeah, they're going to ask you these really specific questions. And it's always tell me about a time when, and then you lie. And then (laughs) (laughs) like, I, I hate interviews because I'm like, they just feel fake. And I'm like, I'm not fake. I don't want to be fake. And so, yeah, like, I definitely agree with you there. I'm like, I don't want to feel like everything is riding on this one interaction we're going to have. And then you're, we're never going to talk again if you don't hire me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, unfortunate that, like, it's just such a a deep-seated part of, you know, I don't know, uh, of what is expected from, from people. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we, we tend to tie our our value to things that are lacking in substance, <laughs> shall we say. <laughs> um, I, I'm reminded of Sonic and his ability to fit into the human world as this alien hedgehog from another world, another dimension. And he seems to catch on pretty quick. I don't know. He seems to be... A, a quick learner and, and <laughs> you know speed he's all he's all about speed so he's not a, get it quick quick <laughs> yeah he's not a dummy but he, he is kind of childish so i don't he's know like maybe, naive yeah naive exactly so I, I don't know what the balance is there exactly you know why isn't he some super genius along with being you know able to basically dr manhattan style like teleport (laughs) uh instantly to multiple places just because he's so fast well that's the thing he's so fast but he has those rings to travel like directly there but i'm like Mm -hmm. but you're so fast why do you need them well the rings yeah they're one-time use and he can use them to travel to different planets too so that's important but not back to his home right well he he has to only go to new places where he hasn't been discovered Oh, okay. I was going to say, I wasn't sure about that because I know that the owl, I can't remember her name. Strong Longclaw, I think. Longclaw. I was like, I don't remember her name. Um, Like, I know she sends him through and then he's like, all right, I'm stuck here. But I I could, I wasn't sure like how the rings work. I'm like, can you not travel back to where you're from? Yeah. They don't, don't, they didn't really explore that in the the second movie either. So. (laughs) Yeah. He just needs to keep running. I, I guess is is there an overall i think the second one explores like who the villains were at the start of this one you have knuckles the echidna i think he's related to that whole group um long claw maybe does reappear i only saw the sequel once so we'll have to revisit that for a future episode yeah Yeah, the yeah knuckles and his whole like clan is like in the second one um i don't think that long claw i think long claw is gone yeah, I thought maybe, maybe there's just a flashback or something, maybe. But yeah, yeah. They, they, she she appears in the second one as like a not a premonition, but like a holograph. Okay. <laughs> she kind of she kind of pops up, um, and then obviously Tails is more because yeah. you see Tails at the end of the first one, and Tails is a part of the second one. For sure. Um, yeah, a lot of memorable characters from these games. Um, a lot of fun callbacks to the the games themselves like there's a there's a moment like during the final confrontation where there's just a series of kind of rapid fire easter eggs son you know robotnik fires all the missiles at sonic all of his ammunition and sonic 
you know, he's really fast. He also, you know, part of his thing is like, yeah, he can slow time down, which is one of my ultimate superpowers. I, the the great thing about being able to go fast is if like you can perceive time as moving slowly. That's what I'd love to be able to do. Um, just so I could like read a book in an hour or in a minute. Like if I could just slow time down around me and just absorb everything that I need to absorb within a lot of time. Um, I'd be all about that. <laughs> I feel like that would be a good one or teleporting. Like if I could teleport, I'd go so many places. So much work. I hate, uh, I hate traveling. I love to travel. I hate traveling to get there. <laughs> I, I like traveling. So I get to zone out, <laughs> listen to music, things like that. Oh no, my... uh, so I, I have no issue with commuting. Oh no. Well, I got it. It's easier when you're by yourself mm-hmm. or like with friends. With me, it's like we got to stop ten times. We got to we got to stop every five seconds. I'm like, I just want to get there. I just want to get there. Oh, Traveling was so much easier. It's a totally <laughs> different. You're right. Like, I stayed at a really crappy hotel once, and I was like, "This is great. This is fine. I'm just by myself. I don't care how shitty this hotel room is because it's like there's no one around. I can just sit on my bed and pretend." there's nothing around me (laughs) and i I returned to that same hotel with family and it was a totally different thing it was like i never (laughs) want to go back there ever again now that i've experienced it where someone else was you know in the same context so yeah that that really does add a wrinkle to things i guess i'm never having kids is what i'm saying or (laughs) it's a trap don't do it don't do it it's a trap um (laughs) i love my kids but they're a lot of work um yeah traveling with like like just like just my spouse or just a friend like it's so much simpler like we get there in a decent amount of time we only stopped once for gas maybe food and then we were there and that was it any other times so we had to stop here and stop there and do this someone has to pee every 20 minutes and i'm like oh, i just want to get there and then you get there and you sit in your hotel room and you're like oh this is nice we don't have to do anything and then they're like i'm bored and i'm like <laughs> watch the tv <laughs> so yeah. so yes yeah back to my uh easter egg yeah you know, while he's <laughs> sitting there surrounded by all the ammo that's you know pressing down on him it's uh he he does the thing in the game where you know he taps his shoe looks at his watch like if you his his idle animation yeah <laughs> um and then after that you know he knocks the missiles away but uh i guess uh, uh robotnik's you know, his technology, he's able to fuel it using one of Sonic's quills and gives him, you know, unlimited energy. Uh, So he's able to then speed up his ship. I think his ship just sort of takes over, you know, AI style and just goes autopilot on Sonic, even while Sonic's in fast mode and, and does hit Sonic. And when that happens, his rings go flying like they do in the game. So that was kind of a a neat tie in as well. Um, and then while Sonic is falling after recovering from the hit, you know, he reaches for a ring because he has to use the ring to save Tom. And uh, oh, can you help me out with the the wife's name? Oh, uh, um, let's goodness. see. Uh, Maddie. Maddie. Tika's yeah, I was like, it's right there. Yeah, Maddie. Um, <laughs> they're also falling. So he he's just barely out of reach of one of his rings. So he takes out a quill and then he fishes the ring. And when when it hits the ring, it makes the ding sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also a nice little 
Easter. So yeah, like there's there's a lot of thought that went into this. You know, Jim Carrey's in full form basically. I, I that was a huge factor behind the success of this film. You know, they didn't totally. You know, Sonic looks great. He looks cute. He's appealing. Like you know, the character always has been. Thankfully. Uh, <laughs> speaking of eldritch horror, you know, all the Sonic art on you know like deviant art and fan pages <laughs> that's a whole oh, subculture yeah. uh, well and that's like the original the original animation that they did mm-hmm. that they produced he looked so weird like he he looked just odd and it was like it was like yeah. you could easily animate him to look like the character and i think maybe like what comes with like cgi and doing like these mixed live action films sometimes is that they try i feel like they try to make cartoon characters look too realistic mm-hmm. and it's like i don't know i feel like sonic should just look like sonic <laughs> the way he looks in the game but like yeah. real it's hard because in which they listened his original design his eyes it's kind of like a face shield his uh yeah. sclera are connected um and i think it is to sort of resemble like goggles that a high-speed racer would wear um, but it doesn't really work in CG animation, you know, unless you have just, I guess, two big eyeballs that are literally touching together. Here they are sort sli- slightly separated by his brow to be more realistic. But that's that's maybe one of the features of that original cartoon model that made them decide, oh, let's maybe go a more realistic direction. Like he's a real species of alien hedgehog creature that's uh, landed from another planet and uh, so we, we can't just go full cartoon because he's supposed to be like this realistic alien or something <laughs> yeah and that's I, I pulled up a picture and it's like it i i honestly forgot how weird it looked mm-hmm. and it's like i don't know if you can see it but just look at it it's just frightening well he, yeah he was all over that chippendale <laughs> his eyes were so tiny yeah like oh mm-hmm. yes i watched that and that was so funny um, I, I didn't, I didn't realize that what, that's what that movie was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is a weird take, but I yeah. liked it. Um, but yeah, it was like, I don't know, some like nightmare fuel. They like, cause they, I, that's why I said, they just tried to make them look too realistic. And I'm like, it's not translating. It, it looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> His yeah. eyes were so tiny. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> Even before they showed the final design, um, they released a poster with just the silhouette and it had like big girthy legs, you know, his calves, his thighs, they're like that of a, you know, professional sprinter because yeah. <laughs> you know, he's fast. So we have to make the legs look like they're able to run fast. <laughs> he's got to be stacked. <laughs> I'm like, no, you need to, he needs to look like, you know, one of the long distance runners. They're always the skinny ones. <laughs> guys have been spending too much time on deviant art. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like his teeth were like, Oh, yeah. Real, like really realistic, like human teeth. It was just a weird look, and I was like, I get what they were going for, but it, it was like really uncanny and weird. And I was like, ooh. But I'm glad that you know the internet came together. It was mm. like when everyone came together when Pokemon Go came out. Mm. Everyone came together and they said no, and they fixed it. And now look at them. They have a second movie that's done great. <laughs> yeah. No, it was uh, nice to see Paramount get a win. Uh, you know, a video game adaptation that wasn't terrible. You know, that's kind of been the stereotype. You know, um, but there's no reason why you couldn't 
take any existing intellectual property as has been done numerous times and make a decent film out of it, whether that IP is based on a, a video game or based on a, you know, comic book, novel, uh, fast food franchise, <laughs> board game, <laughs> uh, cryptocurrency or NFT, <laughs> <laughs> all the things. Um, I mean, hey, you saw Winnie the Pooh. They just came out of their their like trademark thing. So that's going to produce some weird stuff. I think there's like a Winnie the Pooh horror yeah, movie coming out. That's right. Yeah. God bless <laughs> Unfortunately. The, the public domain. Uh, yeah. Um, Is Mickey Mouse in the public domain or will it be soon? It's pretty soon. Um, yeah. I think it's coming up. That's going to be an interesting time. <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, it's there'll be limitations because there are certain iterations of the character that will be you know not entering the public domain but i guess like that the idea of mickey mouse is something people will be able to use more liberally uh once that date uh passes um, i mean they're you know mickey mouse just straight up shows up in things like uh simpsons family guy i feel but they're it, it south park but it's parody so i think it's it's okay in that instance yeah as long as they're not like disney's mickey mouse <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> they can't it, like get away they can toe the line it can't be the whole point of the the work you know it just has to be kind of like a minor yeah I, there was the moment where it was kind of neat that that little um drone it starts out as like a large tank and then you know spits out i i think that tank had a baby which is i'm sure <laughs> a line that parents had to be subject to constantly from their kids it's like one of those things that a kid hears and then now they're they're, they're just repeating it oh i'm sure uh but then that the smaller drone had a child of its own with the little one wheel thing and then that gets <laughs> destroyed and there's just this little tiny helicopter thing so it was kind of neat it's a Russian, uh, the Russian nesting dolls of that's right robots. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, if... well, that's. Well, I'm trying to remember. It's a... and I don't, I don't recall because I, I couldn't find it either. Robotnik was he like a villain from the jump? Was he a bad uh, guy from the beginning? Yeah, and he's in that first Sonic game. Uh, well, no, I know he's in the games. I was oh. in the movie. I was. I can't remember my brain's not working is he like a villain just from the jump he's like hey give me your power yeah i mean i can't remember he's called like how in, he becomes the villain yeah he's called in by the government but okay that you know he's he's just a total jerk and he hates people yeah. um he's a misanthrope. he's not very nice no yeah and he's an orphan you know <laughs> thanks for rubbing that in my orphan <laughs> face you know when he gets uh, made fun of by tom yeah, he uh, <laughs> because yeah, he makes fun. You know, he says, "I was spitting out formulas while you were spitting up formula," and Tom was like, "I was breastfed." <laughs> well, thanks for rubbing that in my orphan face. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he's uh, yeah, a robotic roboticist words yeah. and a scientific genius. Yeah, because he has like his little like hench guy too. Yeah. I can't remember his name was either, it, but was it just Agent Stone? Because then, yeah, Agent Stone. Because then, at yeah, the end, just Agent Stone. He has this little Wilson ball, but it's a stone in this mushroom world. 
<laughs> that has a yeah. face painted on it and hair, uh, like like the Wilson volleyball. And he calls it yeah. Agent Stone. <laughs> yeah, he keeps that. Yeah. That's his bestie. <laughs> yeah, because he ends up on the, the fungus world. Yes. At the end. Yeah. Uh, so interesting setup for the sequel where, you know, he's already planning to escape the fungus world from by Christmas. I like his, his endeavor to mm. make a good tea with mushrooms. <laughs> Which I was like... <laughs> If you're on a mushroom planet and you're making tea with mushrooms, you got to be careful. <laughs> you're going to get into something else. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I, we've been doing this for a little while and I know we've been all over the place. So if, if anyone stuck with us throughout this episode, I, I very much applaud. Uh, <laughs> but uh, any any other things to say? I mean, it, yeah, it's a fun little romp. Uh, this, uh, you know, journey from green hills what was it wyoming or montana to uh, uh san, san francisco. francisco yeah and back um and maddie's sister apparently lives in san francisco in this house that clearly isn't in san francisco based on the proximity <laughs> yeah it, it, like the golden gate bridge is visible from this house but it's got yeah. a yard. It's you know huge for you it has know, an a, attic. Yeah, it's in a suburb. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> clearly in a suburb, but it's shown to be in like Marina District, of San Francisco. Which no, <laughs> all the houses in that part of the town. Well, uh, he's a cop. Uh, I don't remember what Maddie does for work, but he's a cop. So I'm well, like, I'm talking about there's Maddie's no way Sm- you may- Maddie's oh, sister. sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, how do you guys afford this house too? If it was in that area, I, her well, she gets married. the The whole like premise of the sequel is Maddie's sister's wedding in Hawaii. So maybe her mm-hmm. fiance is is. I think he's kind of a rich dude, but still, like the geography of of San Francisco is all messed up. So whatever, it's it's a yeah, movie. Yeah, it's like I, <laughs> I'm interested to see where they where did they film this. <laughs> But yeah, it, yeah, it was Montana. That's where they were at. They were in Mont. They they were coming from Montana to San yeah. Francisco. Yeah, Tom and Maddie live in Mon- Montana, and uh, uh, they're planning to move to San Francisco because Tom gets accepted by the police department there. He's got a dream of saving lives and doing things that aren't just like glorified babysitting, like he does at the Green Hills Police Department. And then Maddie's sister lives in San Francisco. So clearly the, they have connections to that city. Fun stuff. The, the little bit with the cakes. You know, I never had any doubt. Uh, <laughs> she gets two cakes just in case. The uh, the letter comes and it's a reject letter. <laughs> and then, uh, hey, then you get two cakes regardless. <laughs> if it's good or bad. <laughs> Win-win. You get double cake. Yeah. You don't get the job, you still got two cakes. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, no, it was a really, it was just a funny movie. It was like a movie I could watch without anyone else. Really funny. I love Ben Schwartz, Jim Carrey, James Morrison. Maddie was cool too. <laughs> it was just yeah. like they they picked a really good cast. And I feel like it they all worked together really well, even with one of them not being on set, technically. Yeah, Ben Schwartz did a good job. I, I wonder if he tried to show up on set, you know, a, a fair amount, just, uh, I think he he likes to, you know, do do physical activity. I, well, from what I know, like he's he's done things like 
you know, scratch dialogue for um, like BB-8 in the Star Wars sequels. He's mm-hmm. friends with J.J. Abrams. But I, I don't know if that involved him being on set for that. So I'm trying to think. I was looking to see if he was on it. Mm-hmm. Um, which J.J. Abrams, that's a good friend to have, I feel like. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so he, so principal photography began in Vancouver, Ladysmith and Vancouver Island in 2018. And then they also filmed in Lewa Oasis, United Arab, uh, I don't know how to say that. How do you say that? With the United Sorcery. Arab Emirates. Emirates. I was looking at it and I'm like, that's not going to come out. Uh, so during filming, Ben Schwartz was actually unavailable. So they did a stand-in to perform alongside Marston on okay. set. Yeah, I wondered about that because I was like, I would at least show up. I'd be like, I- I'm not actually here, but I want to be here. <laughs> I want to be a part of this. Yeah. So Maddie's sister, Rachel, who has a an ascended role in the sequel, Natasha Rockwell. Her house is technically in vancouver <laughs> this is where they <laughs> shot that makes a lot more sense yeah uh, and her fiance uh, is shamar moore okay who i like yeah i like him <laughs> he well and that's like the whole thing they're like gosh he's so good looking and all his friends are so good looking i was like they're not wrong well thank you bridget thank you alex apologize uh to alex just uh yeah she she's busy so it's uh kind of tough to you know get coordinated uh, every week and the uh you know <laughs> sometimes the internet situation is just uh one of little compromise so uh she'll be back on a future episode but um for now i this is one that i kind of wanted to cover from its initial release but just never got around to it so I'm glad we're doing it now. And uh, I definitely want to revisit the sequel sometime soon as well. So so thank you so much, Bridget, for talking some video games, some Sonic, and then all other kinds of things. AI, uh, streaming, uh, capitalism. crazy capitalism. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Pyramid schemes. Uh, we're everywhere. <laughs> the, the commerce, the commercial hellscape in which we live. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's I yeah, there's a lot I I love my material goods and I need to, <laughs> uh I'm a material girl living in a material oh, world. Such a good song. I, I like <laughs> I like the satirical nature of that song. I yes. mean if you if you take the lyrics at face value, it's very uh iffy, but I don't think I think Madonna, she knows what she's doing when she's singing that song. It's uh, it's very catchy. Oh, yeah. Have you seen the music video? I don't know. I, I, I haven't. It's satire. OK. The OK. Song so is it is all satire. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's like, oh, yeah, like all these guys could give me all this money. But she just wants to be with the guy who like she likes and treats her well. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, that's cute. If people I, I imagine people like watch it because it has that famous scene of Marilyn Monroe in the pink with the diamonds. Okay. Um, she does that. And so I think a lot of people think, like, oh, material girl. And I'm like, it's satire, you guys. <laughs> that's not really what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> I know we brought up Glass Onion last week, speaking of satire. And I have you seen the menu? No, but we talked about that too. We did. Okay. I uh, I actually saved a meme that I have to send to you. 
that yeah. has Ralph Fiennes and her in it. Because yeah, <laughs> that... I forget the ending. <laughs> also, a great satire. I I would say on balance, I enjoyed the menu more than Glass Onion, but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of a foodie too, so it's it's a fun time. Um, did I see something else of a similar vein recently? This, there's a lot of stuff out right now. They recently announced Academy Awards. Yes, um, Angela Bassett. Mm. She got nominated for Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Cool. But they got, but the movie itself did not get an Oscar nomination. At least not for Best Picture. I didn't check any of the other ones. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Top Gun. Tom Cruise did not get nominated, but the movie did for some yeah. things. Yeah. He's he's nominated as a producer, but not an actor. So he's still in the running for some hardware. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw it was like some of the I think they got nominated for six different things. The movie, though, but not him. But I mean, he's a producer, so it's basically him. He's his own industry. Yeah. So uh, this was a fun episode. A little. Uh, yeah. Like we said, meandering and it was a themed thought chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, you know, if it seems like my mental capacity fluctuates uh, frequently on the show, I, I totally get that because I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and sometimes people who have been doing it for over a decade per se or do things that I find uncharacteristically stupid. That's just the nature of the beast <laughs> with this type of thing. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was like this pot show. They're playing a game. Anytime a podcast says they're playing a game, I immediately kind of check out because usually they're terrible. Uh, this one wasn't <laughs> too bad. They were doing like two truths and a lie. Um, and, and so you, you know, if, if you're the active player, you have to state two things that are true and one's a lie and then the rest of the players guess. Um, and this guy, you know, he gave his three facts about him, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then there was some confusion about what he meant exactly and some clarification. So just a little bit of, you know, white space before, you know, it came time for guessing. And so the, the host of the podcast was like, okay, so what's, uh, uh, he was asking one of the guessers. Okay. So what, what do you think it is? Or what, what is it is what he said. And then the, the guy who gave the clues, just blurred out the correct he just <laughs> he didn't let anyone guess he just spat out the he gave away the answer so it's like what are you doing <laughs> it's like you're not playing it right <laughs> what are you, you doing <laughs> uh, two two truths uh come up with two no i'm not gonna put you on the spot like that <laughs> <laughs> i mean i have some let's see okay hold on hold on I can do it. Uh, two truths and a lie. Yeah. I guess you have to. Um, I think it's two truths and a lie. And then I have to figure out what's the lie. Okay. So um, I uh, I have auditioned for American Idol. Um, I. My. Uh, hmm. My favorite food is macaroni and cheese. And hmm, something else, something else, something else. Um, no, that one's too easy. You would know that one. Hmm. Um <laughs> Let's see. Uh, when I was in high school, I was a pink lady in the Grease production. Uh, I don't know what a pink lady in the Grease production is. So you don't I'm, know Grease? Don't know. No, the movie I Grease? I don't know Grease. Uh, I'm uh, what? <laughs> I'm an illiterate. Oh my gosh. Uh, let's see. So I'm shook. What 
I'll say the first one. You probably auditioned for something else that wasn't no. American Idol. You did actually, do American it was, Idol. Yeah, I did actually when oh, I was wow. 17. Okay. Uh, yeah, I made it to the second round. Um, and then they were like, oh yeah, do like go do some more vocal like lessons and okay. stuff and then come back. And I was like, okay. And I never did because it's not what it looks like on TV. Yeah, I was like, that so. was too much time I spent here. <laughs> so, so macaroni and cheese isn't your favorite food? No. I would it's say okay. mac and cheese is like a close second, but I would probably say pizza or Japanese food. It okay. honestly, it depends on the time of the, it depends on the time of the year. Um, okay. Now it's your turn. I uh, almost said I'm a, I, I do, I am a princess, but then I was like, no, he already knows that about me. So, <laughs> but that's usually my go-to at things for people who don't know me very well. <laughs> I'm going to try to not make it too obvious here, but. Uh... <laughs> you were the star of the good place. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, embarrassing. Um, see. <laughs> You're like, what did I do to myself? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, the, coming up with the lies are hard. It's, yeah, it's one truth and two lies. Um, no, it's, I thought it was two truths and one lie. Or two, two truths and one lie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think. I'm pretty sure. Because <laughs> I... Some some of these memories I don't even know like if they're accurate. Uh, my favorite sauce at Buffalo Wild Wings is Blazin. My favorite non princess Disney character is Tinkerbell. My favorite uh, Hogwarts house is Slytherin. Okay, so Slytherin, Tinkerbell, and Blazin. I don't know any of the Buffalo Wild Wings sauces. <laughs> There's like a, a, a Thai one that I like, I think. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm going to go with, I'm going to say the Tinkerbell one is the lie. Uh, yeah, that, that was a lie. <laughs> Ha-ha! I did it. Uh, <laughs> so who is your favorite non-princess? That's a good question. Non-princess um, Tron? <laughs> Kevin Flynn? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were going to pick a girl character. <laughs> You're maybe like, I yes. should have said uh, female <laughs> non-princess. That would have maybe made more sense. Because Tinkerbell... Because well, she used to be in the princess like lineup, even though she's not technically a princess. She's a yeah. fairy. They, they kicked her out. They got more princesses and they kicked her out. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I have no special affection for Tinkerbell. Um, the, that little arcing light that goes over the castle... I think is sometimes said to be Tinkerbell and it's reminiscent mm -hmm. of like the shows that they do at the parks where they have a rigged up flying Tinkerbell, you know, flying over the castle. But um, I, I don't know. It doesn't like seem her, like her with her dust, her pixie dust. Yeah. But in the latest um, variant title, you know, the, the update for the Disney logo, the little shooting star thingy comes up from the water. So why would Tinkerbell be underwater? Well, maybe they updated it now that they have more like things. Maybe. Yeah. Because I so I saw I watched it because you were like, oh, I don't think that there was anything for Frozen. But they had like they had the wintry mountain. And I was like, is that not Frozen? Isn't that the Matterhorn? I think people said that that's what that was in the background. Oh. on the left side and maybe it's right both <laughs> yeah maybe it's both they enough. just said uh, yeah they just knocked it out knocked two birds out with one stone because uh, yeah. <laughs> i was watching because i paused it like specifically i was like i'm gonna find it i'm gonna find all these things <laughs> like all like the rapunzel lights and all that stuff so i was like it's like I'm, I'm gonna look for him this time 
Yeah. But yeah, they, I don't know. I, I imagine maybe it's just not now that they have more things to choose from, they kick Tinkerbell out. Yeah, the little glowing star comes up from the river and then transforms the castle and then does the little semicircle over the castle. But yeah, it's, it's not necessarily Tinkerbell. I guess she could have been hiding out in the river. But also it's like, <laughs> I guess if you look at it, it's the second star to the right in terms of like, you know, there, there are a couple uh, stars in the frame that are the brightest ones. Um, and I think the one that comes up out of the water is the one on the right. But it should be mirrored, so shouldn't it be the one on the left <laughs> that's coming from a reflection? So I don't know. I, I don't I'm, know. It's just like I a mean, little... what? <laughs> I, what is it coming from? If it's coming from the water, like what movie would question. that be from? Is is it Elsa? Is it the the as spirit? The, as the fifth? Yeah. yeah, as she's the fifth spirit, maybe because she's in the water when she does that on her little ice glacier thing, <laughs> her ice area. You just got to keep overthinking it and eventually you'll get it. <laughs> oh, no, we're we're just going to like theorize so deep that it doesn't even make sense anymore. We're going to be in like, we're going to be in a different area, not even Disney anymore. <laughs> we're like, oh, yeah, maybe it's this really obscure movie. <laughs> maybe uh, Tinkerbell is the embodiment of the second star to the right, which is also the wishing star from Pinocchio and uh, Puss in Boots, presumably. Hmm. Interesting tie-in. Starlight, star bright, first star. I see tonight. Wish I may. I wish I might have this wish I wish tonight. Yes. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think when we did the Puss in Boots one, I couldn't remember the last line. And I remembered yeah. it later. And I was like, I knew I knew it. Because <laughs> it was like something that was in a, I think I had like a doll that I squeezed as a kid that said it. And I was like, I should have remembered that. Didn't dig, dig deep enough. Oh, but I was going to say my favorite female non-princess character is probably uh megara and hercules i like her she's sassy <laughs> yeah I, I wouldn't pick someone like you know a lucasfilm character or you know princess leia or something i i'm thinking you know so, someone who's originally in a disney branded film or product um so gosh you, you know a lot of affection for like woody or buzz lightyear or uh, I, I don't think I would pick a Marvel character either. Um, I, I would keep that separate. Oh, gosh. I, I mean, I like Mickey Mouse just as kind of a cultural icon. Yeah. Jim Hawkins is fun. Flynn Rider's fun. Um, but I know I, I love Tron so much that I, my mind immediately <laughs> just goes <laughs> to those films. Um, yeah, like it's Tron. It's always been Tron. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I even like the Garrett Hedlund character from Tron Legacy, who's, I don't know, some people think he's not the most charismatic dude, but like, I told he's he's kind of just like a worn out, you know, wash up who's trying to follow in his father's footsteps, but is just, you know, disenchanted with the whole software industry. He needs to, he needs to watch Strange World, break that generational curse. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Ralph from Wreck-It Ralph. Vanellope. Is fun. I mean, she's a princess. So. She is a princess. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess she doesn't count. She was, yeah, because she was in the, the whole princess thing Maybe in Wreck-It Ralph, <laughs> the last Wreck-It Ralph movie. <laughs> Maybe it is Tinkerbell just by default. No. <laughs> well, there, uh, there's um, Kida from Atlantis. She's a princess. She's not a princess. Yeah, she, she'd be a princess if that movie... We're more successful. 
Well, no, and that's like, that was something I always said about like Pocahontas and like Mulan because they were princesses. I think Mulan still is. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I, I, I would have to look up to see if Pocahontas is, I don't recall seeing oh, her yeah. and she's, stuff lately. She's, is she still? She's maybe a little less uh, publicly trotted out than some of the other official Disney princesses. Just because probably you know, people a, learning about the history <laughs> of the real. Book yeah. Ones. Yeah. Not exactly um, the best representation of the historical accuracy of that real yeah. historical but figure. That's always, <laughs> well, I used to argue because um, this used to be like when I was a server, um, we were always encouraged to like talk to our tables and that would be like my go to. I'd be like, who is a Disney princess and who isn't and why? And we would we'd have a debate. I love debate that. But I was like, Pocahontas technically is. Because she's the chief's daughter, which in that world, princess. Mm -hmm. But Mulan was not a princess. She didn't marry a prince or a king. Mm -hmm. She did not come from royalty. She just marries a captain in the military. She, she could have I become, assume. yeah, she, she was given the option to become the emperor's, like, second in command, practically. So mm -hmm. she, she would have been, as, you know, as good as a princess if uh, if she had accepted but I guess it's never too late. Uh, yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, she can be an honorary princess. I'm fine with it, but she's not a princess. <laughs> well, yeah. that, I I see the argument too about some of the people who married like princes, mm -hmm. and it's like, oh well, technically they'd be a duchess, and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> They're a princess. Yeah. Let her have her moment, okay? <laughs> I, every country does it differently. That is true. Um. Yeah, that pretty much does it. We did we mention the other nicknames? Uh, Blue Devil, Donut Lord, Pretzel Lady, Eggman. I mean, that's a, a good like Easter egg, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and because his ship is like shaped like an egg. <laughs> that's a that's a common thing for translation across different regions uh, for like video games that you know were made in you know published by Japanese developers. So like a lot of characters have multiple names that they're known by because they're different in Japan from what they are in the US. Uh, so like, I, I don't know if the Eggman Robotnik distinction was totally a localization thing. But I just know that here in the US, he's gone by both, depending on the game. And I think it's just become a case where the two names have become sort of interchangeable. And so in this film, Eggman is the nickname that he's given by Sonic because his all his drones look like little eggs. <laughs> and then he makes that Charlotte's Web reference too. So well, and then he comes back bald. So <laughs> That's true. he loses his hair, which then makes him look even more like an egg. <laughs> he looks like an egg. Yeah. And like Bowser is known as King Koopa in Japan. There's a lot of different like Mario characters who have different names. Princess Peach, Princess Toadstool. Things have become a lot more standardized nowadays. But back in, in the late 80s, early 90s, it was uh, less common for things to match one to one. Well, yeah, it's kind of like it always reminds me of like Pokemon. How it actually oh, yeah. is like pocket monsters. Yeah. Like that. No, we're not calling it that. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting how Japan uses a lot of anglicized words in their names and their brands i just think maybe the more they adopted like modern capitalism modern you know modernity post world war ii 
uh, they brought over a lot of things from the English speaking world and kind of assimilated them. So it's probably but often, wait, I kind of wonder if sometimes things don't translate well, or like they don't translate properly. Cause like I've noticed that, um, I've been on a anime binge recently mm -hmm. and a lot of theme songs that are typically in Japanese will have just a line or two randomly throughout the song that has English. And I'm like, why just that one part? <laughs> like, it's not the whole song. It's just like one line. And so I'm like, would it just not like translate well? Mm -hmm. Or they just wanted to throw it in there? I don't know. It's always something I've wondered because you see it a lot in anime at least. Yeah. There are a few examples of com of Japanese terms that have made their way into English, uh, but it's not as common as the other way around. So interesting how that works. Um, all right, well, let's wrap this up. Uh, this has <laughs> been the Thoughtcast conversations on animation uh, on Sonic the Hedgehog from 2020. Bridget, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at. Bridget, that's Bridge with a T, 5246. All right, and Thodcast is at Thodcast.com, at Thodcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, streaming all kinds of podcasting platforms. Uh, you can find me at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram. Well, uh, that does it. Y'all go and enjoy some video games, enjoy some video game theme parks, some video game movies. Some video game uh, NFTs. Uh, no, um, <laughs> you all have a magical day, a wonderful week, and warm hugs. Yeah.